What is up, guys? And welcome back to the Montreal Madness Podcast with yours truly, Tony Montreal. So after watching the Steelers draft picks live last week, uh, to say the least, I did not like them. I mean, I absolutely despised um, the way the Steelers used their draft picks, uh, specifically through rounds one through three. I thought they were terrible draft selections. Now, I'm not saying that the players are crappy. You know, Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth, who I watched live in person multiple times in my life, uh, they are two very talented uh, athletes at their respective positions on the football field. Najee Harris is a stud. He's a beast. And Pat Frymuth, I think he's going to have a really great career at tight end as well. But that's not what the Steelers need. And before I get into the reason why and you kind of go through each player that they drafted, I want to kind of leave with this. So after watching the Steelers draft last weekend, you know, after kind of sitting down, doing my own little research and evaluating their draft, um, I kind of came to this conclusion. You know, the Steelers last week drafted like a team that, you know, had a big playoff run the year before, and they're looking for that one or two extra pieces to take them over to the top, you know, to make them legitimate Super Bowl contenders and ultimately win the championship. Uh, that's what the Steelers were kind of drafting as last weekend. You know, the Steelers drafted like they have a franchise quarterback in the middle of his prime. The Steelers drafted like they have a top five offensive line and they are set in stone. They drafted like they had a shutdown secondary where they didn't need to add any pieces. But all three of those things that I just mentioned, more specifically the offensive line and the secondary... They did not address. They didn't address that whatsoever. And to just kind of give you um, some sort of perspective, the Steelers' run blocking was ranked 31st out of 32 teams last year. Their pass blocking was 7th. However, though, as we all know last year, Big Ben threw the ball um, within 3 seconds of uh, getting the snap a lot during last year. Now, if you look at that run run blocking uh, ranking, when Ben has to hold on to the ball for longer than three seconds, they drop all the way to 29th out of 32 teams in uh, pass rank blocking. Now, you mean to tell me that they're okay with their offensive line right now and that they could afford to draft a guy in the third round that only played four games under center and 29 at guard? You know, the uh, Steelers' secondary. They lost Steven Nelson last year in the offseason, okay? They lost Mike Hilton, um, one of the best, if not the best, uh, nickel cornerback in the NFL. Those two guys are really going to be hard to replace, especially since you didn't draft one or pick anybody up in free agency. Right now, your depth chart going into the season at secondary is Joe Hayden. You know, he's a really good defensive back, but he's getting up there in age. You can tell by the end of last year he was losing a step or two. Um, I don't think you're going to see the same Joe Hayden next year that you that we saw him the past couple years. Now you have um, Justin Lane on the other end starting at cornerback, but he just got caught with a suspended driving um, speeding with a suspended license with a loaded handgun in the car and a blunt, 
and just got charged to a 180-day suspended jail sentence. So who knows what's going to go on with that. Uh, they have this guy named Justin Pierre. He saw, he saw a few snaps last year, but he's going to be your guy who's going to be rotating with them. And then at Nickelback, you have Cam Sutton, who did really good last year um, playing in a limited role. But we don't know how he's going to be like starting. He might be on the outside now, and they'll have to put someone else we don't even know of at Nickelback. Who the hell knows what's going on? They didn't address their two biggest needs on this team, the offensive line and the secondary. But they drafted like those two positions were in full lockdown mode. They didn't need anybody, and that they needed skill position players to potentially take them over over the top. Uh, no, this team is living in a fantasy world right now. The whole organization is. They, they drafted like they're one step away from reaching the Super Bowl. They proved to us last season that they're not. Yes, they started 11-0. They also had the second best schedule in the league, easiest schedule in the league to work with. This year, they have the toughest schedule in the NFL. The toughest. Okay? So they won 11-0 against the second easiest schedule in the league. And then in November and December, they lost four of the last five games. And not only did they lose to Cleveland, they didn't just lose to Cleveland, okay, in the wild card round at home in Heinz Field, mind you, at home. Uh, they got collided. They got embarrassed. They got demolished. They got destroyed, however you want to phrase it. They got their asses whooped, okay? 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter against the Browns. Ben had four freaking picks that game. Ben, the last two months of the season last year, Looked like he was in his 60s. He could barely move in the pocket, guys. Did you guys not watch the games last year? When Ben was dropping back to throw, he looked like a legit statue in the pocket. Like, he, he his footwork, he wouldn't move his feet. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it was awful watching him try to scramble and run because he couldn't. What makes you think that Ben is going to be better next year than he was last year? He didn't grow two legs magically over the offseason. He didn't replace his elbow for a cannon in the offseason. No, he's not going to get better, guys. What you saw from Ben last year is what you get, okay? And that's an average quarterback. Like I said Mitch on last week's episode, Mitch Trubisky, the last two months of the season, had a better quarterback rating than Ben Roethlisberger. Really, that's the only stat I need to tell you that Ben, you know, he's, he's done. He's washed up. He's a has-been, okay? I mean, there's nothing really wrong with that. He's had a really nice career. And God, I mean, he, he, he literally is a god in Pittsburgh. You know, he's won his two Super Bowls. You know, he was probably the toughest quarterback in NFL history to ever bring down. Like I said, he's on going in Pittsburgh as a legend. But he's 38 years old right now, going on 39. He's, he's done. He's doing this team a disservice by keep coming back year after year after year. You know, they're not winning the Super Bowl with Ben Roethlisberger, guys. I'm sorry, this isn't the NFL anymore where you can just win on defense in a running game. The Ravens have single-handedly proved that to us in our division. Yeah, they're really good in the regular season. When it comes to the playoffs, that that, that doesn't work anymore. This the, the NFL is built different now. You need a quarterback, okay? But besides for that, in this, in this draft, you know, I wasn't expecting them to take a quarterback. I'm glad they didn't take a quarterback. Because all the top-tier quarterback talent was gone in the first 15 picks in the first round. You know, don't even bother trying to um, waste a first or second or third round pick on a quarterback that's not going to turn out and be anything better than Mason Rudolph, basically. So I'm glad they didn't take a quarterback. 
But my God, they could have gotten a head start on the rebuilding process by drafting offensive linemen and um, uh, adding depth to their secondary in the first um, two, two or three rounds. They didn't do any of that. They drafted Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth in their first two rounds. Now, yes, was running back um, a need for the Steelers? Yes. Was a tight end a need for the Steelers? Yes. Okay? But they won't hide the bigger problems on this team. And that's what I hear about Pittsburgh fans all over the place saying. That, you know, basically these two guys are so good that they're going to disguise, I mean, um, basically block away the weaknesses on the Steelers team. They're, they're not. Like, no, I'm sorry. A running back and tight end isn't going to hide your flaws on an offensive line. Um, that's it's just just how it is, guy. I, I don't even know how to explain it, other than they're not going to hide the the flaws, the major flaws on this team. Now, I'm not saying Najee Harris is going to suck. I'm not saying Pratt Fryermuth is going to suck. Like they're not going to suck. I can see Najee Harris easily getting a thousand yards easily. I can see Pratt Fryermuth catching ten touchdowns this year easily. But that's not going to help the Steelers win. Um, on defense, you know, they lost Bud Dupree. Uh, they lost Mike Hilton, like I said earlier. This this team on, on defense um, has stayed the same or gotten worse. They haven't gained on defense at all. Especially in the secondary. They have Minka Fitzpatrick. And that's it, essentially. You know, Joe, like I said, Joe Hayden's okay. He's not a lockdown corner anymore. No, he's way past his prime. I just, I don't know what the Steelers are thinking. I just have no clue what the Steelers are thinking. They're living in this fantasy land, like I said, where they think that they are just a couple pieces away from going to the Super Bowl. And I hate to tell you, Steeler Nation, but it's not happening. It's not happening for a while, for a long time. Just get ready. Uh, There's going to be some down years in Pittsburgh. I can feel it. Maybe not this year. You know, with a 17-game schedule and a 17-playoff format, I can see the Steelers getting the 6th or 7th seed. But damn it, they're not going past the first round. You know, even they're good players right now. They're getting older. Uh, you know, just look at Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt. Those guys aren't getting any younger. Vince Williams ain't getting any younger. He's 31 right now. This is probably going to be his last year until he retires. Um, Alu Alu. He was a really good addition last year, and he came back, but he's in his 30s. He's not getting any younger. Um, you know, they have a couple young promising guys, Devin Bush, you know, Minky's young, TJ Watts young, but they still got to sign TJ Minka to long-term deals. Who's to say they have to choose between one and the other because they can't afford it? I don't know what's going on. Who knows? But I just, I just can't believe the Steelers are, are like... The ego that they have on in the organization. Like, my God, you're not winning with a 38-year-old uh, quarterback on two bum legs and a bum elbow on his throwing arm. You're not going to win with a half-ass offensive line, which ranked 31st in run rate run, and, and the run block rating and 29th in passing when Ben has to th- hold on to the ball for three seconds or longer. I, I, I don't know. Someone talks some sense into me. Because I don't see the Steelers doing anything, not just next year, for the next couple years. I don't know. Maybe I'm the crazy one um, thinking the Steelers won't go 17-0 and win the Super Bowl next year with a has-been quarterback and a team overall that literally did not gain anything. They only subtracted. 
They didn't really gain anything at all. I don't know. Maybe I'm the crazy one. But I tell you what, don't go balling to me when the Steelers start sucking and they start losing games after games after games. Don't come crying to me about it. I told you this was at four or five months before the season even starts. I'm telling you guys, it's not looking good for the Steelers. Now, I hope to God I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Because if I'm wrong, that means the Steelers are winning football games. So please, prove me wrong. But until they do, I'll just get out of here with this crap that the Steelers are holier than God and that the Steelers can't make no mistakes and they know what they're doing. Bullshit. They've won two freaking Super Bowls since the 70s. Two Super Bowls in 40 years. Now for a team that is this prestigious that the Pittsburgh Steelers are, two Super Bowls in 40 years ain't really that impressive. It, 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 it's really not. But anyway, I was really looking forward to the Steelers actually opening their eyes in this draft and focus on the major flaws on the team, realize that they have major flaws and address them even though they might might not seem flashy moves, that they might be moves down the road that will pay off in major dividends. But no, they went into the win-now mode with a 38-year-old quarterback who hasn't shown any signs of life the past 20, uh, 24 months, and they didn't even get plug-and-play offensive linemen in the first two rounds of the draft to at least give Ben a legitimate chance of making some sort of a miraculous comeback, but they didn't. <sighs> you know what? It's I guess it's whatever until now. We'll just see when the season starts. But in my opinion, it doesn't look good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So before we wrap things up here, uh, I do want to give out my personal grades um, for each of the Steelers' selections last week. So right off the bat, Najee Harris. I'm going to give him uh, a B as a player. I think he's going to come off right off the bat and prove what he's made of. I think he's that type of a player. He can eventually put up Le'Veon Bell numbers. He has that potential in him as a player. Uh, but as far as the Steelers needs and how they selected the 24th overall pick, uh, I give him a D. The last thing they needed was a running back. Um, but they went ahead and got one. So the player I give is a B and, but as an overall pick, I would give it a D. Uh, moving on to Pat Frymuth again, um, second best tight end in the draft. I would give him a B as well. Uh, as, as far as a player is, is concerned, um, as far as the selection, I would give it a C. Uh, they really needed a tight end more than they needed a running back. Um, as far as their depth chart is concerned. Because with Vance McDonald retiring, they only have two on the roster right now. And their second best tight end is Zach Gentry. Uh, he's god-awful, to say the least. They needed a tight end. They improved really well um, with Pat Fryermuth, um in the second round. So I would give the player B, and I would give the selection a C. I would have immensely um, preferred Humphreys from Oklahoma... Uh, the second best center in the draft rather than the second best tight end. So that's why I'm giving them a C as far as the selection and then obviously B for the type of player that Pratt Fryermuth is. And now let's get into arguably, in my opinion, the worst draft pick that they made in Kendrick Green. Um, third, third round selection, um, guard slash center out of Illinois 
But like I said earlier, Kendrick Green, he played 29 games at guard, only four at center. And the Steelers now are relying on him to take the starting center job in training camp over J.C. Hossenauer. Um, I mean, I guess it wouldn't take much to beat out Hossenauer because he is trash. He's god-awful. Um, I've seen him a couple times in games when he spot-filled in for Marquise Pouncey. I mean, the guy can't block a freaking wet paper bag. Uh, I mean, he's just not that good. So I guess, yeah, anybody can step in and be in at Hossenauer for the, for the uh, starting center role this year. But he, this Kendrick Green guy, he's only played four games in center. Like, people think it's easy just to rotate offensive linemen in and out of whatever spot. No, you play tackle different than you play center. You play center different than you play guard, and vice versa. Like, you can't just take a guard and put him in at center and think he's going to be good just because he played four games at center in college. Apparently, he's more of a guard than a center with the way he played throughout his um, college tenure. So I don't get why you would rush somebody to play center when they played guard essentially their whole college career and expect him to be good right off the bat. To me, if you want to convert Kendricks into a center, you let him learn the position after a couple years of being the backup. What they need to do, what they haven't done already, but what they need to do is to go out and get a center in free agency. Whatever center's left, just pick him up. Literally just pick him up, sign him to a one or two year deal, and then just let him play and let Kendrick learn um, and you know give him a year or two to learn. But they're expecting a guy who's played four games at center where, keep in mind, the center is the one calling all the protections. They're the one doing all the reading of the defensive line and everything and calling out blitzes and stuff. Kendrick, you know, he's not experiencing that, obviously. Obviously, he's not experienced in doing that. And that's a lot, you know, it's a lot easier said than done when calling out blitzes and all this other stuff. It's a really hard thing to do, especially when defenses are trying to disguise their blitzes and trying to throw you off guard. So it's a lot easier said than done when calling protections uh, for your quarterback as a center. So that's just another thing he has to learn. And another thing that would be well for him to sit for a year or two while he's converting from guard to center, if that's what the Steelers really want him to do. They need to do it properly. They can't just throw him into the fire and expect him to be good. It's not going to happen. So overall, I would give um, his personal grade, Kendricks, a C, and I would give the selection an F because that was a piss-poor selection in the third round at center. Now, rounds four through seven for me get a lot more interesting. And I'll, Honestly, I like their rounds four through seven selections better than I do their first three uh, selections. So the Steelers ended up drafting in the fourth round uh, twice, and they used those uh, two selections for two Texas A&M guys. The first being offensive tackle Dan Moore and the other one being linebacker Buddy Johnson. And I really like the Dan Moore pick just because you know being from Texas A&M, he's a big boy. You know he's going to come right at the NFL, not needing to add or put any more weight on or anything. So you know he's good He's good with the size. Um, I especially like this because they got two young tackles and Zach Banner and Chucks Okorafor. You know, Banner missed all but uh, three quarters of play last year with a torn ACL. And then uh, Okorafor, you know, he started um, almost every game last year. He looked really good, but he's still very young and very raw too. 
So just to add some more depth to the offensive tackle position, especially if all the inexperience already, um, that's a big win in my book. I give the player a C, but the selection an A. That was a really good call on drafting Dan Moore because he was ranked 12th of all tackles in the draft. So they got a really good guy um, in Moore in the 128th selection. Uh, now, Buddy Johnson, he was drafted the 140 position. And, you know, he's a guy where he's very speedy. A lot of people are saying he, you know, is kind of like another Devin Bush, where he's kind of small in size, but he can just fly and run all over the field. Um, so he'll be really good. Another depth guy at linebacker. They already have uh, Devin Bush, Vince Williams, and Robert Spillane. So added another guy at middle linebacker. I don't hate it at all. I wish they, you know, would have gone for the defensive backfield because obviously I think there's more pressing needs at that position. However, though, um, I like the player. So I'll give the player a C, but the selection a D. It just, you know, it doesn't make any sense to draft a linebacker whenever you have failed to address the defensive backfield needs as of right now. Um, so that's where I grade um, Buddy Johnson at. So in the fifth round, they take a defensive end in Isaiah Loudermilk. And this was honestly a steal for the Steelers in this in the fifth round because a lot of them have had him going in the third and fourth rounds. So it's um, going to be a hard transition for Loudermilk, though, because he goes from playing a 4-3 D end to a 3-4 D end now. That's the only concern I have um, for Loudermilk. Um, because you obviously have to gain some weight. You're more of an interior lineman on the D-end position in a 3-4 defense than you are in a 4-3 defense. So he's going to have to really bulk up, put on some weight to be that prototypical 3-4 D-end. But I've been hearing from a lot of uh, players, coaches, and in interviews saying how they remind him of a young Cam Hayward. So that's really encouraging um, news and signs to hear about this guy. So I would give... Uh, this selection, a B, just because of the value they got for him. And the selection, I would also give at around a C. It's an average average selection for the Steelers. Again, they need cornerbacks. They need safety help. But DN, they're looking really old on DN right now. So I'm actually okay with them selecting a DN in the fifth round. But like I said, I would give the player a C, and I'd also give the selection a C as well. So entering the sixth round now, they selected Quincy Roche, outside linebacker from from Miami, with the 216th overall pick. And that's another position where they got great value for. You know, he was ranked as ESPN's 173rd prospect, and they got him a 216, which is really good. And right off the bat, I don't think he'll be much of a factor um, in the outside linebacker rotation with Highsmith and Watt. But what he can contribute with right away is special teams, which is something Mike Tomlin and the whole coaching staff is looking for him to do right off the bat. You know, get involved in special teams, and then eventually work his way up the depth chart at the outside linebacker position. So I would give this selection uh, C, probably D, and then the player, I would probably have the same thing. So anywhere from a C or D on both the player grade and the selection grade. Uh, nothing really great, nothing really flashy. It's just that's what you get in the in these later rounds. So in the seventh round, 245 overall, they finally got somebody in the secondary. Trey Norwood, safety from Oklahoma. Uh, he's a really small guy. They're hoping that um, actually have him transition from safety to nickelback to kind of replace Mike Hilton. 
and to you know be that you know a depth guy um, on the back end at that spot. Uh, not really much to say, much to say about him, folks. Um, you know, not really flashy. Doesn't really stand out to you on the football field after watching video. Um, so I was going to see how well he's coached and well how how well he develops as a Steeler. Uh, you know, them getting the only secondary player in the draft in the seventh round. The selection's got to be an F. Awful, terrible for your only selection in the secondary to be in the seventh round. That's just awful. So the selection's an F, and the player I'm going to say D at best. Now, probably my most favorite pick the Steelers had was their last pick overall at 254 in the seventh round, Presley Harbin III, punter out of Georgia Tech. Now, if you've seen this kid, he's like 5'10", 5'11", you know, pretty short, but my God, he's huge. He's like close to 250 pounds. The guy has a freaking tree trunk as a leg. I'm looking really forward to seeing how far that guy can kick. Because for the past couple years, the Steelers punting, I mean, it's been it's been really shaky. Uh, you had some, you know, really good punts out of Jordan Berry. You've also seen some really bad punts out of Jordan Berry. So you can maybe give him a little competition. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm actually really excited to see how far this uh, this kid, uh, Presley Harvin III, can punt the ball. Because, I mean, if his legs speak for themselves, I mean, he should be able to punt from the one-yard line all the way to inside the opponent's other one-yard line. Uh, so, yeah, this is probably the most exciting pick, honestly, that the Steelers made, in my opinion. But, yeah, so the selection, I would say, you know, punter, C or D, player, Again, I would say C or D just because he's a punter. You know, most punters, you know, you just, you know, you sign them undrafted. So, you know, it's just like I said, it's it's our last pick. They went for our punter. I thought it was really cool seeing this kid, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 250 pounds. So it's really neat to see him out in the field and boot some balls. But an overall grade, guys, for the Steelers, I've got to say it was a C at best. Like at its absolute best. This draft class is a C for the Steelers. Like I said earlier, so many more pressing needs. Offensive line, secondary, uh, big, big weak, weak points now in the Steelers, and they failed to address both areas. So yeah, I like I, best best case scenario, this draft is just draft class for the Steelers is a C. Uh, there nobody is going to immediately come in and help the Steelers win key football games in November and December and carry them to the playoffs. Uh, it's not a knock on Najee Harris. It's not a knock on Pat Fryermuth, but those guys aren't going to help solve the Steelers' uh, major issues. They're not going to mask them, guys. So yeah, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but this draft class that the Steelers had was a make-or-break draft class for the future. And that's what people don't seem to get is they're all in the in the now mentality you know all about that present mentality where you've got to look out for the future the Steelers are past the present guys get over it Steelers are past the present they're past the win now mentality they need to be looking into the future and they fail to recognize that in this draft and it's only a matter of time before it's gonna really snake bit this team really snake bite this team and they're going to be shooting themselves in the foot knowing that they could have been rebuilding this whole time instead of competing for a 6 or a 7 seed and being knocked out in the first round, which is more than likely what's going to happen if the Steelers don't even make the playoffs at all because they have the toughest schedule in the NFL going into this season. 
So, yeah, I just I think the state of the Steelers, it's a little bit of a mess right now. They they really don't know what they're doing and they're just kind of going on the fly because it's really sad to see this once great organization who always you could rely and count on to make the right moves. They have made the right moves for 10 years, guys. 10 years, a whole decade. I think they've won three playoff games in the last decade. That's not good enough. That's not having a plan. That's not competing for Super Bowls year in and year out. That's not being a true Super Bowl contender. Three playoff wins in 10 years. That sounds like the Lions to me. That sounds like a Bills team to me. That sounds like a Dolphins team to me. Sounds like a New York Jets to me. Three playoff wins in 10 years. Like, come on. That's sad. I mean, we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I don't know. Maybe one day the Steelers organization will wake up and finally address... Um, you know, that they need to start rebuilding and rebuild properly in order to compete with teams like the now Buffalo Bills who are looking really good. At the Kansas City Chiefs, who are going to be a dominant team for the next 15 years. Uh, you know, that's you know that's who they need to, to start comparing themselves to right now. So until this team finally recognizes and understands that they need to start rebuilding uh, to start competing then for the next 10 to 15 years, they're they're there to be a mid pack team at best, you know, eight and nine, nine and eight, uh, seven and ten. They're gonna be one of those types of teams, and I don't. I would I would rather be a shit team for the next two or three years, get some high end draft picks, or hell, even use them as trade bait. Finally, get some good players, get your franchise quarterback, and then compete for a Super Bowl for the next 10, 15, even twenty years, maybe. But until they start recognizing that problem, they're they're going to be in a world of hurt. I'm just warning you now, Steelers fans. Just warning you now. And that's all I have to say about that. So that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of Montreal Madness. Uh, make sure to keep subscribing to my podcast on both Apple Podcast and Spotify. Make sure to give me a follow on Facebook and on Twitter. And until next week, have a good one, guys. Hey.